0: It's the Charmed ones, minus Piper. And I'm back finally. It's been a little bit of a while. We will be talking about episode two of Channel 5's and Boleyn show today. Just like I promised, I'm coming through. Um, it just took me a really long time to like watch this episode because I was not super thrilled with the first episode. Like I thought it was okay, but like if you don't pull me in, I'm not very interested in continuing and that happens a lot for me with shows and like movies if you don't catch me within like the first 20 minutes i'm probably not going to continue to watch but i did want to continue talking about it and it is about my girl Anne. so i was like i at very least have to finish this so anyway just got a notification about work it's very annoying anyway moving on So, let's talk about it. Um, I did actually really like this episode a lot more. Um, I feel like a lot more happened. There was a lot of things that bothered me about it though. Um, Do people not know how to leave other people alone? (laughs) Like, Okay, okay. So, it's very much showing that it is a thriller. It's very much leaning into the thriller type where they have, like, shots, like, wide angles of Anne and it's just playing voices where she's, like, you know, slightly having a breakdown here, which nobody can really blame her for, you know, very thriller-esque. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. I am for it do not really have anything against that because it does really, like, play into how she must have been feeling in these last couple of days before her arrest. Um, And then there was this shot about her uncle telling her how to act. Like, oh, you know, be kinder to him or you might lead him to kinder arms. And I really liked her response. She was like snapped back at him with something about like his daughter and who she's married to and yada yada. And it's like, that's how I've always pictured Anne. I've never pictured her as just blatantly like mean person. But I've always thought of her as like this like smart as a whip person who always had a very witty comeback no matter what anybody said to her which gets her into trouble you know but I never pictured her as just coming right out the gate at people being like mean and sarcastic and stuff I always like thought of it as um you know a retaliation against somebody being rude to her not really her just going off at people because I feel like she wouldn't have gotten very far if that's how she was. But, you know, who really knows? And then she goes to tend to the sick, which I know and did historically. I know she did do that. That's been documented. She did more for the poor than Catherine of Aragon did. Don't come for me because she did. But in this, they were like, oh, she... I need to go tend to the poor to get my image to look better. And I'm just like, but that's not why... did those things she did those things because she was just highly religious and she really wanted to help the poor like I feel like this show is not doing a good job of making her a sympathetic person but that's my gripe with all of these things that do Anne because they don't show her as a sympathetic person and then it just turns the view against her and I'm like but this is supposed to be about her anyway she then they then immediately go to Hatfield just her and George I'm like again the Queen of England would not go anywhere with no attendants, no guards she would not go anywhere not even alone with just her brother and I don't think it was that easy to just go to Hatfield even if you were the Queen I'm pretty sure it was like you had to like schedule it and do some some stuff I don't know I just from my knowledge I'm pretty sure it was a lot harder to do than they made this out to be um I do I did really love seeing her with Elizabeth where she was like oh my daughter barely knows me because again Anne was not raised royalty you know she was not raised with this with knowing that she was not going to be able to like basically parent her own kid because I'm sure I think like like regular nobles they might have had like a governess but it wasn't like a full-time thing because most of the time the wife stayed home with the kids so it was like the wife still looked after their kids so growing up i'm sure Anne thought she was gonna be able to look after her own kids and then that's not how it played out for her so i thought it was really nice to like hear her say that being like oh she barely knows me i wish i could spend more time with her that was nice and then elizabeth's governess or i think that's her governess i never really tell you who she's supposed to be other than she's at Hatfield and she was talking about Mary and like I it's just I I, going with the assumption that she's the governess okay so Elizabeth's governess asked for a place at court she says that she's Madge's mother which if my history is correct Elizabeth's governess was a Boleyn it was like a relative of Anne but it was not Madge's mother I'm pretty sure it was like another Boleyn because there was a lot of them and a lot of Howards around court I'm pretty sure that was not really Madge's mother and then Anne was really rude to her about like oh I just want to be at court to be with my daughter but then that bitch was rude as hell to her so I'm like okay okay so I don't know that bugs me like the historical inaccuracies of that bugs me because I'm pretty sure Lady Bryant was Elizabeth's governess and then it was like some Ashley like Kate Ashley who Elizabeth loved for her whole life like adored her so that, like, did not sit right with me right there. And then you get this scene of the Spanish ambassador talking to Mary, Mary the first, Mary Tudor. Um, and then he just blatantly walking away from Anne, which I don't think he ever did. I, he, I know that he did go, like, way, way, way out of his way to not have to interact with Anne because if he interacted with her he knew that he would have to address her as a queen and give her all the proper respect and stuff as a queen and Spain didn't want to do that so he didn't want to do that so he went out of his way to avoid her but I don't think he ever like deliberately was called to go greet her and then he like turned around and walked away like the show predicts like I just don't think that's a feasible thing that would have ever happened and then the whole interaction with Mary and Anne was just not it's just not not it not it okay because I can I can picture Mary being blatantly rude like that to Anne just because you know I can't blame her I just really cannot blame her but I just don't understand how other people around her allowed it like around Anne allowed it because technically Mary's the bastard and is the queen like I don't understand why they would allow her to speak to her that way and then Mary starts talking that she's been talking to Cromwell, which I think was true, but not till, like, later. And that... And then Mary threatened, like, to Anne's face, threatened to take take the throne from her. And I know that that was, a, like, a fear Anne always had, but I don't think Mary actually ever, like, deliberately said it to Anne. Like, because I don't think they ever really had a lot of conversations, like, face-to-face, because the whole... Um, if you accept me as queen thing, I don't think that Anne said that to Mary in person. I think it was in a letter and Mary just said, no, like I don't really know how many, or if they even really had any in-person interactions. Um, and then I did love that we got to see Anne being like the political powerhouse. So we all know that she really was, um, even if it's not really working out for her right now, It's just really not kind of working it out, working out for her. Um, And then you do get a lot of shots of, like, the scenery and, like, dead animals that they were obviously, like, hung up so that they were going to cook later. Like, and I get that that's how more of, like, the thriller-esque that they're going for, where it's, like, you need, like, the shots of the scenery give, like, the feel of, oh, we're scary. Oh, the dead animals, death is coming, foreshadowing. Like, I get it. It just felt very useless. Like, I feel like that time could have been spent on something else. And then we get a scene of Anne's lady, I don't even remember what her name is, I think it, they call her Lizzie in this, is blatantly having an affair with George. It's like literally his mistress and now she's pregnant she's telling Anne and she's just like, <clears throat> I wanna like find a way to marry George but George is married, yada yada. And I'm just like, "I, first of all, I don't think that ever happened. But secondly, I am glad this is like the only show so far that I've seen. And, side note, I've still never seen Wolf Hall, which I think I'm going to, just because I've never watched it, I've always shied away from it because I was like, didn't like the way it seemed like they were going to appear, Anne, and she's my girl, so I don't really want to watch anything that's going to show her negatively. So I just never watched it. But I think I'm going to and like do um, parts like I am right now for this. Um, And then, Anne is just like, you know, George is married, we can't have that scandal of, like, him trying to divorce and then marry you. Like, that's just not gonna happen. And I was just like, I don't think that's ever happened. But also, the one good thing I do like about this is this, is the adap- this adaptation doesn't show George as, like, being secretly gay. Which, I mean, if he, if he was, he was. But there's no way of knowing. So I feel like it's also good that they didn't try to do that. And then they show Anne kind of, like, Ambushing Henry in his throne room like she's sitting on his throne like waiting for him to come out of his like Meeting like a Privy Council meeting. I think it was they don't really explain the things that are going on You just kind of have to have a base knowledge or willing to just be like, oh I don't know what the scene really is, but I'm just gonna listen to them talk like I, I I get what's going on But do you really get what's going on do you really though because sometimes if I didn't know the history like I did I would be very confused And I feel like other people aren't going to get it the way that I get it. And then it's just going to make them not like the show, which isn't really, like, helping them or helping their ratings or their views or anything like that. But then again, I'm not on their marketing team, so. But I did actually really like this scene of them in the throne room because it shows how Henry is, like, kind of, he's kind of backing off from her, but, like, not really, but kind of sorry i had to go get some water my throat was hurting very much um and i was saying how he's starting to like kind of back off but not really like as soon as she was like you know i've never had to beg for your love which i love that and she was like i'll never cower before you also loved that line and that kind of like broke the ice on him he was just like no you don't have to beg me for your for my love you know i still love you and like It was a good moment because it was like it showed what other things kind of tend to not do because other adaptations, even like novels, even biographies, they want you to believe that as soon as she miscarried, it was like over Dunzo. He hated her. No going back. But that wasn't how it was. Like it was for a little while there. He might have still been kind of actively going after Jane Seymour, but he was still actively loving his wife. You know? And it kind of tries to trick you into thinking that it's all going to be fixed because they start talking, and then they start plotting together, being like, oh, Cromwell is doing you dirty. He's making promises with the Spanish. And him being like, I didn't know about that. I'm going to fix this. Like, stroking his ego and... It was great I mean it was good because it just showed how she like would slightly manipulate him but also not because she knew him so she knew that Cromwell telling the Spanish ambassador that he was gonna let Mary succeed him was not gonna go over with over well with Henry because people always want to vilify Anne as being the one that did that to Mary but that was Henry Anne actually had no real power so anything that Henry did Henry did So I'm just like, why blame Anne for the actions of Henry when Henry legitimately did it? That's another one of my big gripes. Like, bro, he did it. Why are you faulting her for literally something that he did? And I love how Anne was like, you know, I thought you knew about this, thought you were doing it to hurt me, and you didn't want to tell me. And it was just very like... Human, you know, like human because she did just suffer a loss and he's been avoiding her. And she was like, Well, I thought this was my fault. And him being like, Well, I didn't know about that. And it is a disappointment, but like, I still love you. And it was just, it was great. It was really great. And then you go to Anne going with him to greet the Spanish ambassador and the Spanish ambassador being forced to recognize her which was such a power move for her gotta love that <clears throat> and then it showed how Cromwell likes to go behind Henry's back to like try to make deals and stuff that little, like you think it's for the country you think it's for Henry it's really just for Cromwell because Cromwell's in it for Cromwell and you just don't know until it's too late that Cromwell's in it for Cromwell which everybody should know that that Everybody should have known that, including Anne when she started working with him on the monasteries. Like, you should have known Cromwell is there for Cromwell, not for you for Cromwell. And I love how Henry like was biting off his head because it's just like foreshadowing of how Cromwell is going to get his head chopped off, just like he got Anne's head chopped off, you know, full circle. We're going full circle here and then you see Anne just like gouting Cromwell and it's just it's great because you know that all of this is leading to him bringing her down like it's just leading there but I also love how it showed that even at this point Anne is still a very very much a very big player in this game because she's she just got the Spanish ambassador to acknowledge her she also just got Henry back on her side like within him talking to her for literally 30 minutes craziness, crazy because it just shows how good of a player she was not even that she's manipulating Henry just that she really does love him he really does love her even if nobody wants to admit it and it just shows like it was not over yet it was not over yet And I did like that scene how they were at this party and Henry's looking over at Anne, at Jane. Henry's looking over at Jane and Anne notices and immediately like whispers something, I'm assuming seductive, in his ear. And he's just immediately pulled back to her. Like, just immediately pulled back, doesn't look back at Jane. It was a great, it was great because it was just like showing that although Henry's momentarily distracted, he still goes back to her. Even though we know how the story ends, I just did like that moment. One thing I didn't like, though, is Anne sees a messenger drop something off for Jane and then she just, like, follows her down a hallway and hears her talking to somebody about returning the king's gift. I don't want it. Like, I'm we know that she was returning his gifts, but I very much doubt that Anne was able to just, like, walk down the hall and overhear this. And I understand you're doing it so that she knows what's going on, so she's, like, spiraling more because oh this is going on with her and him and like oh but and like I understand it it like follows the spiral and it's like explaining the spiral but at the same time it like just doesn't make sense because I very much don't think it would have happened like that and we got the famous dead man shoes like she literally says oh, I think you would look for a dead man's shoes, which is literally the exact quote that she said in the tower when she was trying, when she was like, literally hysterical, trying to think of reasons for why she was there. And one of them was because she said that to Norris. And they had kind of the same kind of moment in the Tudors, but it was more of just like, um, that line was more like, I think you would think to have me if I were not married rather than the actual dead man's shoes line. And then the next day, well, not even the next day, that same scene, you see Norris react very negatively to her saying this because we all know, first of all, in that time period, it was treason to even talk about the possible death of the king. To even talk about it. And then, who in the world is really brave enough to try to sleep with the queen? Like, nobody. Nobody's really that brave. So he was just very, very not happy. He was like, um, I like my life. I like my life where it is don't take my head and then the next day she's like waiting for him because she's trying to like apologize and be like oh don't tell people i said that i didn't mean it i had too much to drink and she's wearing the same dress as the other day the same type of green dress and i'm just like first of all i don't think she recycled her clothes very often if at all so that also kind of bugged me but then i just thought it was so really really sad actually because Norris would be one of the men to die with her about this comment like I'm pretty sure it wasn't just this comment but it was like it was made and then he died with her it was just very sad overall very sad and it was really like kind of moving to see him be so distressed and being like I don't even want to talk to you like I don't even want to be near you because this just freaked me out so bad to then knowing that he is gonna be one of the ones to die and I'm just like, damn, that's so sad. I'm so sad for him. And now she really starts to get pregnant. Like, like not pregnant. Paranoid. She really starts to get paranoid at this point. Which I can't even blame her because she's right to be paranoid. The girl is right to be paranoid. And one other thing is I swear to God I hate these ladies. I hate these ladies and the way that they're portraying her ladies because... First of all, Lady Rochford, we already talked about this. Why are you doing this woman so dirty? There's zero, zero historical proof that she was this bad, that she was this much of a bitch, that she hated Anne. There's actual proof that her and Anne had a good relationship. So why are we always, always doing this woman dirty? Why are we always doing this woman dirty? I just don't understand. Why are we always doing women dirty? So we're doing her dirty, dirty. And then the lady who's pregnant with George's son, she was like being a rude ass bitch to Anne being like which I mean I guess Anne was being kind of rude to her too but I mean like Anne I don't even think Anne was being like rude to her she was just telling her like don't dream about something that's not gonna happen because she wants George to get divorced so they can get married and raise their baby together and Anne is just telling her like look we can give you money you can go have your baby wherever you want we can make you comfortable but that's like not gonna happen And then this lady, her lady, supposed to be her lady, was like, oh, well, you know, Henry has given Jane new apartments that are connected to his rooms, and why don't you think about that before you think about me? And I'm just like, yo. First of all, that's kind of uncalled for. Second of all, I just don't know why they're depicting these ladies like this, because I very much doubt any of her ladies would have had the guts to talk to her like that. Or any any lady talk to any queen like that i just don't understand why they think that that's like an accurate portrayal because i it's very much not and then they show anne like storming into henry's bedchamber and he's not there so she starts like throwing a fish she's throwing things breaking things and then he just walks in i'm like first of all i know it's his room but there are guards stationed at the door where they're like announcing people like letting people in and out so first of all you're not just going to be able to storm in there Second of all, it, it wouldn't... She wouldn't turn around shocked to see him coming in. Like, he would have been announced. that, Oh, the king is coming. The king is entering. You know, like, it wouldn't have been a surprise. And then they get into this fight. Like, fight argument. Where Anne is like, you belong to me. And Henry is like, um, no. And I kind of loved it because I always get the feeling... Not the feeling, but I always... In my head... <clears throat> My idea of Anne is that she just loved him so much that she literally wanted him to belong to her. Like like the way she belonged to him, she wanted him to belong to her. And that is just not how those times rolled, baby. And I just really feel bad because it just it's more proof for me that she just really loved him, and he just didn't know how to stay loyal, didn't want to stay loyal whole bunch of things and it was just like not mm. I mean the fight was really good like you got to the heart of things but then Henry was like physically violent he like grabbed her throat and pushed her up against a wall and I was like I mean I can't put it like I can't say it didn't happen because you don't know things that happen behind closed doors especially if they're not written down sorry i just got distracted by something that looked ridiculous anyway but there's no like record of him being physically violent with women so i don't really think it's a thing or if it is a thing they kept it very very hush-hush because they really did not want her to want people to know about that and then he has her like up against this wall and i guess they wanted to get frisky because she they start like rocking against each other and she's like do it do it And then I guess he can't get it up because they don't do it. And then she's like, oh, you're pathetic. You can't get it up and like walks away from him. And I'm like, lady, that was dumb. That was a really dumb move. Because I really do think she said something about him not being good in bed. And that's also part of where she gets in trouble trouble from. from. So then the next day, so then the next like, day she's like in her room, in her room her I think, and she's like sewing, sewing with her lady, and she get she get letter from a letter from her, letter from her like uncle telling her to her come to, to him, come him to him, and I'm like first thing I'm like, like even if she, she favor, if she is out of she you don't summon you the don't the summon queen. The, the queen, queen. summons you like the king summon the king sure but like but I don't care if he is your uncle they wouldn't have just summoned her like that because that's not how that happened but. The governess is at court for some reason being a total bitch. And then she's like, oh, your uncle summons you. So Anna's like, okay, well, this lady and this lady come with me while we go. And the governess is just like, no, I'm going to go with you. And I'm like, first of all, that would also never happen. Because at this point, she is still the queen. Still the queen. So your uncle is not just going to send for you like that. And then even if he did... Your lady, lady in waiting, is not going to straight up tell you, no, you're not going to go with the people that you want to come with you. I'm going to go with you because I say that's just not, not a thing. It's just not a thing that would ever, ever happen. And then you get this scene of her sitting on her, I think it was a throne, sitting in the chair, and she's like just completely zoned out, pricked her finger, bleeding, just hearing all these voices of all the things people have said about her going around and around and around, you know, adding more to this thriller aspect. And I did really like that because it just, like, shows she's reaching a breaking point. Like, she's really reaching it. And then as she's going to leave to go to her uncle because she just, like, was like, oh, okay, he's summoning me. I guess I gotta go. Um, jeez. So as she's leaving, Madge is, like, crying and being like, oh, I hope you're okay. And I'm just like, why do they have this woman playing up? Like, she knows what's gonna happen. Because nobody outside of the Privy Council, I'm pretty sure, knew that Anne was going to get arrested. Like, they all knew she was out of favor. They all knew that something was going to happen. But I'm pretty sure everybody thought that it was just going to be like an ordinary, regular, degular divorce, annulment, whatever. They didn't think she was going to be murdered. Because she was the first crowned and anointed Queen of England to be executed. And that was a big deal. Like, it was a big deal. And I was just like, she's just acting like she knows about it, like it's common knowledge. And the only person that doesn't know is Anne, which I mean, maybe, I guess I wasn't there. But it just doesn't seem very, very probable. And then Anne is like walking in this courtyard. She meets her uncle and he has a group of men with him. And she's like, uncle, why did you summon me? And he goes, well, you're under arrest. We're here to take you to the tower. And I'm like, okay, so first you have her come to you. And then once she's come to you, you then arrest her. I'm pretty damn sure that's not how that happened. I'm pretty sure they came to her rooms and was like, ma'am, we have a warrant for your arrest. You need to come with us. I think that's how that happened. And then I did like that they show her getting on the boat because to go to the tower, you had to go across the tank which, and you had to go under Trader's Gate, which we do know that she did go through Trader's Gate. But which I'm glad we got to see her, like, actually getting on the boat instead of just, oh, we see her walking, and then she's behind the tower gates. So, I am glad we got to see her because it's a more realistic journey of, oh, we're going to the tower. But then I think in the boat, on the way there, she's just sitting next to Cromwell. I'm pretty sure Cromwell was not there because she was being escorted by, like, like guards or something or the people like I, it might have been her uncle it might have been I can't really remember who they say like read her her arrest warrant or who like is is really escorted her to the tower but I don't think it was Cromwell like I don't think he was there like he was he was a lawyer right he, I'm pretty sure he was just like a lawyer and he would not have been there for that but um Overall, I did like this episode a lot more than I liked the first one like a lot more a hell of a lot more However, I did nitpick and notice more things about this episode that I didn't like But overall I did like it more than the first episode and I am a lot more excited to watch this last episode because this second one got me more into it so Hopefully part three'll be up a lot sooner than this one was. We'll see how motivated I get and what's going on with my life. But I will catch you guys later for part three. I'm a witch you're a witch we're all witches together.